0: My name is Lou Blazer, you're listening to Second Breaks, a show where we talk about thriving at work and in life, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth act. This program is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a weekly digital newsletter for Gen Xers and Late Boomers about working well and living well in our midlife. Check it out and subscribe at thebriefingnotes.com. well my friend here we are we made it to the end of this extraordinary unbelievable year that was 2020 i'm not going to pretend that i can imagine what kind of year you had i have this sense that uh, we're we're in this situation where we're all experiencing the same thing but we're having different kinds of experiences I will hazard a guess, though, that the kind of year you had was quite different from what you had planned for back in January 2020. Maybe you had to change your goals because of what's happened. Um, Lots of people certainly had that experience. Maybe you kept the same goals, but there's a good chance that the way you executed on those goals were different from your original plans. Regardless of how your year panned out, I think that you can take a pause here and give yourself a pat on the back. You adopted, you accommodated, you adjusted, you did the best you can. And that's all that we can really ask of ourselves. In the spirit of we're all in this together, I wanted to share some of my biggest takeaways from the perspective of a host of a show in a year of the pandemic. I thought that might be sort of like an interesting sort of perspective, or certainly a different perspective. If you're not, if you're not a host of a show yourself, it's kind of a different, a unique position that I'm in. And so I wanted to reflect and share with you five of the most memorable interviews, the specific ones that uh, really struck a chord for me. Though I have to tell you, it's like choosing a favorite child. <laughs> I love, love, love all the interviews I had this year, for sure. And uh, here are the ones uh, with my major takeaways. When things are uncertain, it's less about the answers and more about the questions we're asking that matters. Twenty twenty. Tested us in so many different ways. And one of the things that really got tested was our planning process. How do we plan when things are so up in the air? Like, how do we plan when we don't know what's going to happen next month? When we don't know if things are going to reopen or stay locked down, if the kids are going back to school, or if we're going to have to work around them being at home while doing online schoolwork. How do we plan when we are in such unfamiliar territory and we haven't got any experience dealing with any of the things that are being thrown our way? Now, uncertainty has always been around us. In reality, we don't really know what's going to happen, you know, from month to month, pandemic or not. We just have a quote unquote fairly good guess of what's going to happen because the boat isn't rocking so much, so fast. I think 2020 took that fairly good guess out of our hands and uh, put us all in a situation where we really had to face the uncertainty that's always been there, we, like we were forced to see it. And so now that we've had this entire year as a rehearsal for this, and we have had lots of practice how do we plan when things are beyond the norm, uncertain? I had a conversation with business leader Tara McMullen in episode 124 that helped me see a way through. Now, Tara regularly guides her community through various business processes. And in 2020, this thing, quarterly planning, it's a typically normal, standard business activity. Well, It suddenly wasn't quite normal and standard. So in our chat, Tara talked a little bit about how she's leading, guiding her community around business planning or quarterly planning. She talked about focusing on and making space for the process of planning and of asking questions. So she talked about this thing, about it being less about the answers to the questions and more about the questions that we're asking. Have a listen.
1: I'm in a position where I'm guiding a lot of planning right now. Uh, so just this week, we had uh, a quarterly planning session planned for our mastermind groups that we run. And so every quarter, we get together for a few hours and we talk through like, what do you want to accomplish this quarter? How are you going to do that? What tasks do you need to complete? How can we support you? And, you know, when I realized that it was on my calendar for this week, and I think I realized it, like, literally the day before, I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> what is that going to look like? Um, and people basically are showing up to this thing, like, deer in the headlights, like, I don't, I want to be here, I know I need to be here, I have no idea what I'm going to do for the next two and a half hours while we're supposed to be, quote unquote, planning for things. Um so the way I approached that session and the way I'm kind of guiding people to approach planning right now is that the plan is not the important part, right? We When we think about planning, we fixate on then having a plan. I know what I want to accomplish. I know how I'm going to do it. Here's the timeline. Here's the order of steps that I'm going to take. And then I'm going to work that plan. That's not realistic, right now, right? Because we can't know what we want to accomplish three three months from now. We can't know what steps we're going to be able to take to, to make that happen. So instead, we're looking at what does the practice of planning look like? What is the practice of stepping back, asking questions, making space, getting creative, thinking through options and just that practice of space making and question asking and plan making can be enough to either center you if you've been responding really frenetically as i have been <laughs> to the crisis or it can be enough to get you moving if you're ready to move and you've been kind of hunkered down and and you know circling the wagons and all of that. Um, and it doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be the end result that you're focused on. It doesn't have to be the plan that you're making. It can just be the practice of planning. It can be the the habit of taking stock, of analyzing, of um, setting some priorities for the day, for the week, Right. Um, We don't have to make a plan for the next 12 months. We don't need to make a plan for the next 12 weeks. But taking time to practice planning, to practice uh, thinking things through, I think is a very grounding activity right now. And it's also a really productive and effective activity, no matter where you end up at the end of it.
0: We have to guard against complacency that's the result of expecting normal, and instead of normal, expect the unexpected. Now, one phrase that we heard so much in 2020 was the new normal. <laughs> we heard it so often that it got tired and tiresome fairly quickly. It made me really think about this word normal, but like what is normal to begin with, right? What is this normal state that we are supposed to be getting back to? Or some would say not getting back to ever, ever again, because that normal is gone. Kristen Girard said something to me back in episode 127 that has stayed with me since then. Kristen is an artist. Uh in 2013 she came this close to losing her right eye. She actually had the injury when she was, you know, 3 years old, but it had never been really fixed or resolved and it came back with a vengeance in 2013 and this time it resulted in her changing her plans for the future, rearranging her priorities and uh redefining what her normal means going forward
2: maybe that's where being an artist is helpful because normal is so far from the way we're perceived (laughs) but like i remember in college like i gave myself permission to be weird you're gonna get you're gonna be perceived as weird anyways for what you do so lean into it i found that life is more fun when we lean into the weird the abnormal Because that's really who we are. Like normal is an average. Normal is an expectation. But when we open ourselves up to the idea of something beyond normal, all of a sudden life gets really, really interesting. A little scary, not going to lie. Because normal is predictable. But when we allow unpredictability to come in, that's when innovation can happen. Mm -hmm. That's when all of a sudden we can say, well, hey, you know. We're used to reading books, but what if we listened to them? I think there's a couple industries built off that. And that was completely abnormal a couple years ago. But now we're all like, yeah, let's go running and listen to our book.
0: You know, major disruptions can change lots of things, but not everything. We don't become entirely different people because of a major event. We have to ask ourselves, what pre-existed before this happened? Now, I find that we sometimes, or speaking for myself, that I sometimes look to situations or external circumstances as a reason to do or not do something that I want to do. So I would say things like, I would have wanted to do X, Y, Z, but because this other thing is happening, I don't think now is the right time to be doing that. Of course, there are times when this line of thinking is totally legit. You know, case in point, I would have wanted to be traveling in 2020 and being with my mom. But because of the pandemic, I didn't want to expose my mom. You know, she's in the high risk group. I didn't want to expose her. So 2020 wasn't the right time to be doing any of that. But there are certainly times when I've used subconsciously maybe the external situation as an excuse, like a rational sounding excuse. In episode 128, I had a conversation with personal leadership coach Tanya Geisler. She talked about, you know, this hesitation that she um, noticed with some of her clients. She talked about um, guarding against or, you know, paying attention to w- when we're using the crisis of 2020 as the reason for the hesitation for not doing something. She suggested asking ourselves this question, what preexisted before this happened? Now, that bit of conversation with Tanya reminded me to separate uh, what's happening out there externally, you know, the things beyond my control, and uh, separate those things from what's really going on inside me, the, which is really the only things that I can control.
3: For some of my clients, I get on a call and they'll say, maybe they were on the precipice of launching something or negotiating something, and then they'll go, but pricing, can we talk about pricing? Because now I don't want, you know, now I feel, I don't feel like I want to charge what I was going to. This is probably somebody who is hedging on their pricing before, okay? I just think that's really important. Um, the things, the, the behaviors that you had wanted to shift before because you recognize that they were a challenge before, that is what I think would be a great place for you to start attending to. What had you um, hedging on your pricing before? Now is a great time to not collude with that, but rather go into that. Um, why were you afraid to, sh- to to share your brilliant ideas pre-March? Right? Get into that because that's now now you're seeing how exacerbated that is. So we we can make all sorts of reasons like it's not appropriate now. It's not appropriate. But if we were to, you know, time travel back, back in February, back in last October, last November, there would have been other reasons that you were hedging on your brilliant ideas on your pricing. For ourselves, we need to look at those those fissures that pre-existed what's happening now and not allow our current situation to be like, okay, this is the reason I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to hold back on my brilliant ideas until this is all over. Nope. Hard pass. Go into why you have believed that your brilliant ideas aren't worth sharing. Go into why you don't believe that your work is worth being charged a, a fair amount for. See what I'm saying?
0: Remember your intentions. What is the reason that you decided to go in a specific direction? Are you honoring those intentions? I think that as a general statement, we, we understand and we embrace the importance of using our values as compass, as guides for helping make the right decisions. At the point that we're making a choice, we ask ourselves, you know, what's important here? What matters most to me? And we pick the path or the choice that is in line uh, or closest to our priorities. What happens after that, though, is that sometimes we forget what those initial intentions were about. Success or the pursuit of success pushes us to cut corners or take a detour or consciously disregard temporarily, we say to ourselves, until we get the thing that we want to get. The cut corners, the detours, the compromises, they all add up and compound. And before we know it, we're working and living a life that uh, wasn't what we intended. Janice Dallager decided to become a virtual assistant because she wanted to have the kind of work that gave her flexibility to be with her growing kids. She wanted to work around their schedules instead of the other way around. Working as a virtual assistant, she thought, would allow her to work from home and give her the flexibility that she wanted. Soon, though, she realized that, you know, it was so easy to forget why she chose that work to begin with. Taking on more and more clients, accepting higher-paying contracts that required more time commitments from her meant that she was sacrificing the time with her kids, the time that she said she valued the most. So she made changes and created boundaries, and she works hard to keep those boundaries. That conversation with Janice in episode 140 was a jolt. It was a reminder for me to remember my intentions. Why am I doing this work? This work that I chose to do, why am I doing it? And how am I honoring those intentions? Being a VA
4: has taught me, especially because it's work from home, it's probably been the greatest teacher for me in healthy boundaries. Setting them up, first of all, recognizing what isn't working, setting it up the way I want it to, and then enforcing it. And especially because If you're working from home, so space boundaries, work boundaries with the family, (laughs) um, as well as work boundaries with your clients. Now, there are some clients who will want somebody who is on call during a certain time range. So when you're looking at doing VA work, that's one of the things you want to be aware of, especially if that's important to you. Like... We don't take on-call work because, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work for my lifestyle. It doesn't work for my team's lifestyle either. So choose gigs that suit your lifestyle. The one thing I can say about VA is because there's such a range of expectations around there, around VA work. Um, if you want to be on call, you can be on call. If you don't want to be on call, then don't don't answer those gigs. But yeah, there's, there's a whole range. If you want it to be just professional, like totally work-related stuff, like don't tell me to, I don't want to do personal tasks, right? I only want to manage your professional calendar. I don't want to know what's going on in your personal life. Like you can make those distinctions in the gigs that you respond to and the gigs that you look for.
0: Find the joy in the everyday. And to be honest, I was tempted to just talk about Season 5 in this episode, because Season 5 was a series of conversations with my role models. It was like episode after episode of just nuggets of wisdom from people I admire, just pages and pages of notes that I've jotted down. But one stood out from all those notes. There was this bit when I was talking with Bonnie Gillespie in episode 147 about the importance of marking our progress and celebrating every step of the way, not to wait and simply celebrate reaching the end goal. That advice struck a chord for me big time because I find myself often way, way too focused on the end goal whether it's weight loss or whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve. I focus on the big goal and I forget to celebrate or sometimes even notice those in-between milestones that happen. If there is only one thing that I can bring with me into 2021, it is this. Find the joy in the everyday, Lou. Celebrate the little successes and remember that the victory isn't staying in the game.
5: There's a an Abraham Hicks line that I love that is there's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. And I love that so much because if we're not finding joy in the everyday, it's not like suddenly we're gonna reach that benchmark and go, Finally I can be happy. And if we were miserable the whole road there, there's there's not a place we get where suddenly we get to be happy because we're too practiced at being miserable. The work is to find joy in the everyday and that means the victory is staying in it. The victory is I didn't go home. I didn't pack it in and say this is too hard or I did say today is too hard so I'm taking a break but we took a break not uh, had a breakdown or even if we did have a breakdown we know we're doing this so we can rebuild and come back stronger. It's the every day has a win to it. And if it's getting called in, if it's getting called back, if it's getting a pin put in you, but then it gets released because they cast somebody else, but you were down to the final two. Every single bit of that has to be celebrated. And the same is true for people outside of show business. Finding the victory in the day to day is work because I mean, we could walk outside, get hit by a bus and it's over like that. So what? why are we withholding joy? Because honestly, it's up to us to let that in sooner.
0: This year on the podcast, we completed season two of Second Breaks and produced three new seasons. And I have enjoyed every minute of it from the ideation to sourcing the guests, to recording, to editing, and the final production i am so grateful that i get to do this work and i am so grateful for you for being there on the other side for letting me in your ears for letting me share your day whatever it is that you're doing as you're listening to me i'm looking forward to 2021 as i'm sure you are as well I'm excited to come up with and to bring you new stories and conversations to inspire your midlife journey. And I hope that you will continue to come back and join me. We are in between seasons here on the podcast, but next week I will be back with a special episode with a dear colleague and friend, Dr. Nyla Barry. We're going to chat. It's not going to be an interview. Uh, But we're going to chat about the insights that we've gained from 2020 and how we're planning for 2021. Now, you may recall Dr. Nyla Barry was our very first episode in 2020 when we talked about resilient habits when times are good. And then, of course, I had to have her back just as the pandemic hits and we were all having our deer caught in the headlights moment uh, because resilience became the all-important thing at that point. Now, I hope you'll come back and listen to our conversation next week. We're not coming to you as experts, but rather as just, you know, two midlifers just like you who are making sense, trying to make sense of the year that was and the year that will be. Now, if you haven't yet, now is a good time to hit that subscribe button, my friend. So you don't miss the episode with Dr. Nyla Barry next week, as well as all the future ones, because, you know, season six is coming right up. So I hope to see you next week. Until then, keep on making your day, my friend. Cool beans.